Good morning. Welcome. Welcome back to BCF Church this second Sunday of 2023. Is everyone feeling better this week? Man, last week there was something going through. People had COVID, the flu, the cold. This is my prayer for you in 2023. And this comes from 3 John, verse 2. I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. Healthy in body strong in spirit. Healthy in body, that's who we are on the outside. I pray we're all healthy on the outside, but also strong in spirit. That's who we are on the inside. Because if we are unhealthy in one area, we will be unhealthy in every other area. Every area of our lives affect the others. I'll never forget, about 10 years ago, I was stressed out. So at the time, I was in charge of our BCF small groups. Those are our Bible studies that meet in homes throughout the week. And so I was in charge of those, and we were getting ready to launch our summer small groups. So, you know, a big push for us. And at the same time, I was also put in charge of our summer preaching schedule. Pastor Kenny was on vacation for this summer. He gave me this new responsibility. So this is, is on my shoulders At home, finances were tight, and I was looking back at my personal budgets from that time, and every dollar is accounted for. There is nothing left over. Have you ever felt like there's too much month at the end of your paycheck? Yeah, so so that's where we were, and and one day, I start to notice I developed this, this itch. There was an itch on my stomach, and there was an itch on my back. And I, I noticed this, and I'm wondering, what is going on? Was it poison ivy? I don't remember coming in contact with anything. Is this a rash? Is this a bug bite? And I'm sharing this with my, my accountability partners, and one of them is Pastor Rich. And Pastor Rich says, that sounds like shingles. And I'm like, it can't be shingles. That's an old people's disease. At the time, I was about 30 years old, and I'm like, it can't be shingles. But I go to see my doctor, and he tells me, shingles indeed, his exact words. It turns out, while shingles is more common in older people, it can even be deadly, younger people can get it too. And the number one cause for younger people to get shingles is what? Stress. I was stressed out. I had mental stress from my job. I had emotional stress from preaching. I had financial stress at home, and I broke out in shingles. Lack of health in one area affects every other area of our lives. So last week, we talked about how can we be healthy in every area, and we looked at our spiritual health. We want to be spiritually healthy, and I shared how... You know, if we want, we want our relationship with God to be the best thing. This is foundational. Who, my relationship with God is foundational. If we don't get this right, nothing else works. And we saw how small habits over time produce huge results. So I challenge you to start a small habit for your spiritual health, reading God's word every day. 
And we started this challenge to read for 10 days uh, a Bible reading plan on our Bible app. And about 60 of you signed up for that reading plan. And I am so proud of you. It encourages me when I see that you're reading God's Word and I see your insights in God's Word. Now, if you did not sign up, it is not too late. If you have a smartphone, you can get out your camera and scan that QR code on the screen. Or we have one inside your program. Now, if you don't know how to do that, you kind of get out your phone, you get out the camera, you point it at that funny-looking square, and it'll bring up a link. Now, if you have a potato phone, a flip phone, you don't have this ability, we also have the link typed out here. You can type this into your web browser and join our reading plan. And if you don't know how to do that, talk to a younger person. They'll help you. For our friends watching online, thank you for joining us. Please let us know you're watching in the chat. Type hello. It lets our hosts know that you are joining them. And if you have any prayer requests, share those prayer requests with them. This week, we are looking at soul care in another area of our lives. Soul care in our financial health. What would it look like if everyone here at BCF Church were financially healthy? What if you had no fear for the future when it came to money? What if you knew that if your car broke down, if your, your, the roof on your house started leaking, a pipe, pipe burst or something, you had no fear because you knew you could take care of it? What if you never worried about money for food or gas or electricity or clothes or internet? What would it look like if everyone at BCF Church were debt free? Can you imagine? If there were no needies among us. There was a time in the Bible when the followers of Jesus Christ had perfect financial health. This was shortly after Jesus rose from the dead. He had returned to heaven. He had filled his followers, the disciples, with the Holy Spirit's power. So they have the Holy Spirit living inside them, and they are living together, and they are worshiping together. And the Bible says about this time there were 5,000 believers in this church in Jerusalem. So picture this. We, we can seat about 500 people in our worship center. If you would look around, imagine every seat here filled. Now imagine that times 10. This is the early church in Jerusalem, and the Bible says there were no needy people among them. Why is that? Here's what the Bible says. Acts 4, verse 32, all the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. If you have a pen or a pencil in your program, I want you to underline that phrase, what they owned was not their own. If you want to find financial peace and health in 2023, your first step, and I want you to write this down, remember God owns it all. God owns everything. Have you ever noticed it's easier to share what's someone else's than what's yours? I see this with kids. You know, at Christmas time, it's easier for them to share if it's 
someone else's. If, you know, they got their new gift on Christmas morning, and it's mine. And my brother or sister wants to play with it. No, this is mine. Santa gave it to me. But if it's something someone shared with them, well, they're, they're more likely to share it with others because, oh, well, they shared with me. I guess I should share this too. It's, you know, it's sort of this inward child sense of fairness. Now, sometimes we have to remind our kids. This week, my daughter, she had a, a pile of Doritos. My wife had given us a bag of Doritos to share as a snack, and my daughter got a pile of Doritos, and she's eating them, and one of the other kids reached over to take one. She said, no, these are mine. Get your own. And I had to remind her, these are all of ours to share. Mama gave this to all of us to share together. Because it's easier to share when you remember it doesn't belong to me. Remembering this brings me peace. When I remember my house, it's not my house, it's God's house. It's not my car that I drove to church today, this is God's car. It's not my money, it's God's money. It all belongs to him. Now watch this. Here's what the Bible says. There were no needy people among them. No needy people. How is that possible? Are they all rich and famous? They live in Beverly Hills? No. The Bible says there were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles, this is the church leaders, to give to those in need. There was no need because, number two, they shared what they had. If you want financial health, share what you have. This is how the church is meant to operate. We are a family, and family shares. Now, there's a key here, and it's back in verse 32. All the believers were united in heart and mind. And here's the principle. The more we know you, the more we can help you. The more we know you, the more we help you. It's like this. If you get an email from a Nigerian prince asking for money, do you give him money? No, because that's a scam, right? You're like, I don't know who you are. This is some scam. I don't know who you are. But if your son or daughter needs food or clothes or some item for school, you're going to buy it for them because they are your family, and family takes care of each other. And the same is true in church. Someone sends us a message to the church, hey, I need money for this thing. And we're kind of like, wait, who are you? Where'd you come from? But we'll invite you. Hey, come into our church office. We want you to sit down with one of the pastors. We want to evaluate your need. Get to know who are you. Is this a legitimate need? And we have helped widows to get together a budget. Realize, okay, here's how much money's coming in. And too much money's going out. I need to rearrange things here. We want to help you, but we have to know you. The more we know you, the more we can help you because we are a family. And I see this especially in our small groups. In our small groups, we get to know each other, and we pray for each other, and we care for each other. And I have seen our small groups take care of each other. When there's a financial need, a car breaks down, someone needs new tires, we get together and we help each other. 
And, and it's not just financial needs. Sometimes it's someone's sick, and we get together, and we bring them meals. Or a parent needs childcare for their kids, and we, we watch the kids so mom and dad can go on a much-needed date. Or a single mom can go get some much-needed alone time and self-care. We take care of each other. I've seen this in our student ministry. I've seen our students mow the lawns for widows in need. I've seen our Celebrate Recovery leaders go and clean the home of a lady who is sick. We take care of our family. The more we know you, the more we help you. And when I say this, it's not just talking about sharing our money. It's sometimes it's sharing your skills. Maybe you're a mechanic or a plumber or a handyman or you own a lawn care business. And I know this is your source of income. This is how you take care of your family. Would you share your skills to help your brothers and sisters if they're in need? Now, when you give, I want you to know what you give goes to meet the needs of people in our community. You're wondering, what happens when I give at BCF Church? Does it go to Pastor Bo's Lamborghini fund? (laughs) No. We drive used cars. I wear hand-me-down clothes. We are frugal with what we have so we can give more to others. And the Bible gives us an example. What does it look like to share what you have? The Bible says, for instance... There was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Can you imagine the apostles give you a nickname? Son of encouragement. You are so encouraging. You're a son or a daughter of encouragement. We're going to call you Barney. And so the Bible says Barnabas, he sold a field he owned, and he brought the money to the apostles. If you want financial health in 2023, be like Barnabas. Be a wise steward of what God has given. See, Barnabas was a wise steward of what God had given him. Barnabas owned this field, and Barnabas took care of this field so that when he sold this field, it was worth something so he could bring this money so that other, everyone could be taken care of. He's a wise steward of what God has given him. Be a wise steward of what God has given you. For example, we just came out of the Christmas season. How many of you wished you had more money to spend on Christmas gifts in December. Okay, like two of you. The rest of you are like, no, I'm good. I don't need money. (laughs) What if you started saving now? You know, if you just saved $20 a month, you'd have $240 by December, money to spend on gifts. If you had $30, saved $30 a month, you'd have $360 by December. If you save just $40 a month, you would have $480 by December. And if you save $50 a month starting now in January, you will have $600 by December, money that you can use to give to others. Be a wise steward of what God has given you. That means saving. That means paying off debt. And that also means getting a budget. Now, when I was in my 20s, I hated the idea of budgeting. 
because it felt so restrictive. Like, I, I want to decide how I spend my money. I don't want anything telling me how to spend my money. But I also discovered that when I didn't have a budget, I was constantly worried. Did I have enough money for gas? Did I have enough money to, to go eat out? Did I have enough money to pay my bills? Because I didn't know where my money was going. I knew I needed a budget. I didn't know how. And then one year, I attended Financial Peace University. And I got the tools I needed to learn how to manage my money, how to save my money, how to pay off debt. I want you to watch this. So I assume you're here to do a debt-free scream. We, we sure are. are. So how much have you guys paid off? We paid off 44000 and it took us 39 months. Every time I see guys like you all, it gives me hope for the future. You guys are awesome. So what did you learn in Financial Peace University that helped your marriage? We've just learned so much about each other and um, strengthened our marriage just through this whole process, um, growing and learning how to you know, take care of our finances and take care of our future. So Easily one of the best things we did for our marriage. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Very proud of you guys. You did it. You sacrificed. You paid off $44,000 worth of debt in 39 months. Dustin and Sammy, count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, two, one. This class costs $80 for a kit. Now, if you are a married couple, an engaged couple, you only need one kit between the two of you. And you're saying, well, $80, that seems like a lot. Friends, this class pays for itself. Last time BCF hosted an FPU class, this class, which is about eight people, five families, they paid off collectively $57,000. $378 in debt. That's a lot of money. In addition, they saved $13,163. This is money they saved up, and they cut up 15 credit cards so they wouldn't go back into debt. This class pays for itself. Now, this year, we are not hosting an in-person class here at the church, but our good friend, Amy Clark, is going to be leading an online FPU class that starts today, January 8th at 8.30 p.m. And we have a link here on the screen. You can scan with your phone. We, you can get it from your, uh, in your program. If you're watching online, your host will share a link in the chat. I want to encourage you, get debt-free. Now, I went through this class again when my wife and I got engaged, and it just helped put us on the same page financially. We, we came into our marriage knowing, okay, this is our plan for our money. And within the first two years of our marriage, we paid off $14,100.92. And that uh, was a school loan, that was credit cards, and that was a car payment. Today, we own all our cars we have no credit card debt. We have no other debts that we owe except for our mortgage, which we plan to pay off early. 
And in addition to that, we've saved up three to six months in emergency fund. Because when emergencies happen and our car breaks down or our roof leaks, we don't fear. We have peace because we know we've got money saved up to cover these things. When times were tight in 2022, and there were times when we could not pay all of our staff on time, I was able to say, pay me last, because we had money saved up and we knew we were going to be okay. Friends, if you want financial health in 2023, remember God owns it all. Share what you have. Be a wise steward of what God has given you. Be like Barnabas. But there was another couple that the Bible tells us about in that early church. The Bible says there was a certain man named Ananias who with his wife Sapphira sold some property, just like Barnabas. He brought part of the money to the apostles, just like Barnabas. But he claimed it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Whoa, not like Barnabas. Ananias and Sapphira, they sold a field. They brought some of the money to the apostles and said, this was all the money for the field, but they kept back some for themselves. Why would they lie? Maybe it was fear. They said, we, we want to give it all, but we're afraid. What if we have a need and no one cares for us? Maybe it was greed. And they said, well, I want to give this money to God, but I really want the money more. Maybe it was envy. They said, wow, everyone's praising Barnabas because he sold the field and brought the money. We can do that too. We can be just like Barney. But we're just going to say we brought it. We're not going to keep some. Friends, whatever the reason, lying about money is a sign of ill health. Do you lie about money? Do you pay everything that you owe for taxes? Or you say, well, this is all I made, but you actually made a lot more in cash. Do you lie to your husband or wife about how you're spending your money? Lying is a sign of ill health. And Ananias, he wasn't fooling God. God revealed the truth to the apostle Peter. Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit, and you kept some of the money for yourself. Now, if you have a pen or a pencil, I want you to underline this phrase, lied to the Holy Spirit. You see, keeping the money wasn't the problem. The Bible goes on. Peter says, the property was yours to sell or not as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. Notice, God is not saying, I'm angry because you kept the money. God doesn't need their money. God said, this is your money. You can sell the field or keep it. You can give the money or keep it. God doesn't want their money. God wants their hearts. Friends, if you want financial health this year, give God your heart. God wants your heart. Peter said, how could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. God wanted their hearts, and they let Satan fill their hearts with greed and deception and envy. 
And here's the scary part. The Bible says, as soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. And everyone who heard about it was terrified. And I would be too. Then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, and took him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter asked her, was this the price you and your husband received for your land? Now, Sapphira has a choice. She can choose to do the right thing here. She can choose to tell the truth. God wants her heart. She said, yes, that was the price. Sapphira is caught in a lie. And Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door, and they will carry you out too. Instantly, she fell to the floor and died. And when the young men came in and saw she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. Friends, let me be clear here. I am not saying give to the church or you're going to drop dead. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is God wants your heart. More than anything else, God says, I want your heart. And this is why we challenge you to tithe, to return that 10% back to God. It's saying, God, I'm giving you my heart. God, I'm trusting you with my money. I'm returning this because I recognize it all belongs to you. But God doesn't even need the money. He wants my heart. This is why the Bible says the purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first in your lives. God says, I want your heart When we tithe, we say, God, I recognize you're going to take care of me. Every year at BCF Church, we offer a 90-day tithe challenge. Because we believe if you will tithe, if you will return that 10% for the next 90 days, you are going to see God show up in your life. We believe God is going to take care of you. I want you to hear from a dear couple in our church and how they responded to this tithe challenge. About a year ago, after a sermon in tithing, as we were driving home after church, my husband looked at me and said, "Um, what do you think? Shall we do the challenge? I knew that it was something that uh, we had been wanting to do, but we, for whatever reason, we were not doing it. But when he brought it up, I thought, this is something that we need to do. We need to be obedient and start doing it and, and start trusting God that He will provide for all our needs. I'm not going to lie. It was hard at the beginning. We went through a lot of financial problems, but we still continue trusting on the Lord. And um, I remember one of the things that I wanted was the new truck but uh, we were trying to put uh, that in uh, God's hands a few days later. My brother called me that he had found a truck for me. It was a used truck. 
it was good enough for me to go fishing. That's what I was looking for. Knowing, uh, going back, I remember that we took a financial class, but maybe 10, 12 years, and we put it to use because uh, we were discussing the, the wants and needs, and I knew getting a new truck for me was a want. And he, we knew it was coming from God, so I took it right away. I said, yes, I want it more than anything else. The price was only $5,000. One of the things we put uh, in, in uh, use was having a budget, and that was helping a lot to us. We were able to start putting money into our savings, and we were able to uh, do our tithing uh, without even thinking that it was that we were going to need that money because we didn't need that money. God was providing for everything. So this helped us with time. It did help us and uh, we enjoy giving our time every month. We look forward to do it. So yeah, it's, it's been better. It's been better and we know it's a blessing every time we do that. God wants your heart. He wants your heart. And when you honor him with that tithe, he will take care of you. And not just your needs, even some of your wants. Like a truck to go fishing. Each week in this series, we're challenging you with starting a small new habit. A new habit that over time will change your life. Will you take this 90-day tithe challenge? We are so confident God will show up in your life if you start giving, if you start tithing, that we offer a money-back guarantee. If over the next 90 days you are worse off simply because you started tithing, not because you got a title loan or you bought a new TV, if you are worse off simply because you started giving back to God that 10%, we will refund all the money you gave over those 90 days. Now, we offer this because we are confident that God is going to show up in your life. On your connection card, let us know. Say, I'm taking that 90-day tithe challenge. When you put God first in your money, it brings you financial peace and health. Because God wants your heart. He wants you to love him with everything you have. This week, as I was reading over the story of Ananias and Sapphira, I was Thanking God that he has not dropped me dead. Because there have been times in my life when I have said to God, God, I'm yours, I give you everything, here's my heart, here's all of me. But at the same time, I would quietly say to myself, except for this, this thing, this relationship, this habit, this hobby, this this." Secret, hidden sin. This is mine. And while I didn't drop dead, something inside me would die. I would read God's word. I would read the Bible, and I, I, I couldn't hear God speaking to me. It was just words on a page. And when I pray, I feel like my prayers were just hitting the ceiling. And people around me could see something's off. Something's missing. And freedom came 
with being honest with myself and God, saying, God, I haven't given you everything. I've kept this back. Is there something that you are holding back? Maybe it's a relationship that you're just hanging on to with this tight-knuckled grip. Maybe it's a bad habit. Maybe it's a sin addiction. And if that's you, your first step to freedom is stepping out of denial and saying, I need help. And I want to invite you to join us Friday nights at Celebrate Recovery. Find freedom. Find healing from your hurts, from your habits, from the things that are holding you back. But it starts with saying, God, I haven't given you everything. Maybe it's just control. Like you feel like I need to control my world around me. And God says, will you give me control? It's control of your money. You say, this this money is mine. I'm going to spend it how I want. And God says, it all belongs to me. Soul care begins when we give God control of our soul. Will you give him control? Is there something that you're holding back? Will you give that to God today? Will you be honest with him and say, God, I'm giving you everything. And say, God, to the best of my ability. And if there's something I'm holding back, God, help me. Help me to let go. Let's bow our heads and let's talk to God. Father, everything we have belongs to you. God, help us to share what we have with our family. God, help us to be wise stewards of the money and the things that you have entrusted to us. But God, I know more than anything, you want my heart. With every head bowed, every eye closed, there's an area of your life that you've just been hanging on to. And today you're saying, God, I'm giving this to you. Would you let me know just by raising your hand? Just raising your hand and you're saying, God, to the best of my ability, I'm giving you control of every area. All around the room I see brave men and women raising their hands. God, honor this. God, we give you our hearts. Father, I thank you for these bold brothers and sisters. Father, make us like Barnabas, sons and daughters of encouragement. God, use us to encourage and care for your people. I pray there would be nobody needy in our church because we take care of each other. Father, we belong to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and through his power, amen. I have one final thought for you. God wants every part of me. Will you give him everything? Thank you.